Welcome, everyone. It is episode 20 of the Fly Guys podcast. Cameron Klein across the middle. Justin Goodhart sitting right across from him. Glad you could join us for the, I don't know, what was it, Bainty? Is, it, is that how you say uh, 20 in Spanish? Yes, Vs are pronounced with a B. Yes. I, 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 listen, my, my C-minuses in Spanish came in handy <laughs> back in the day. But yes, this is the 20th episode. We finally made it to episode 20. And what a 20th episode it is going to be as we go back in time once again today. Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, the 2012 Eastern Conference quarterfinal. But before we get to that, there's other things to discuss at first. But first, Cameron, how are you doing on this fine Friday? I'm good. I did not know that it was our 20th anniversary. Our, our 20th anniversary. It is our, our 20th, 20th anniversary. Um, but this fits perfectly because, I mean, I think this is probably the most famous recent series in recent memory uh the flyers i would go far as to say that it, it's right up there with boston philly in 2010 oh yeah i would agree too yeah because there was a lot of, it was a very fun series it would not be as fun as if, it, is if it was lost. if we had lost but um, i tell you what game lose, game so. four and game five won't be exactly fun to cover but games one two three and six were just oh my goodness they were just as fun as you could possibly hope for um Things are happening around the world. Things are happening around the sports world, namely coronavirus is trying to tell us not to forget about it just yet. <laughs> Austin Matthews today was diagnosed with the coronavirus as well as members of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Also in baseball news, the Philadelphia Phillies shut down Clearwater because they had uh, multiple players uh, diagnosed with the coronavirus. But when you when you told, when you you told asked me, hey, did you hear about the Lightning? I, I did, and I was just like, yeah, I, I figured that you're going to have positive cases. I'd rather that this all happen now in mid-June before the July 10th uh, day where camps are supposed to open. This gives teams some time to, uh, in my opinion, I think most teams should take this up time appropriately to test everyone, maybe shut down for a couple days, make sure you do a deep cleansing of the entire facilities across the mm -hmm. NHL, mm -hmm. and, um, well, you know, hopefully... Hopefully this is about as you know this is about as serious as it gets. Ultimately, you're gonna have to deal with positive tests of the coronavirus, but I'm just trying to stay positive right now. Yeah, I think that's I mean pretty fair. Um, uh, I think we should have been expecting this if you weren't expecting it. Um, it's just kind of unrealistic. You kind of, yeah, you're kind of being uh, like hopefully optimistic, and I respect that. But yeah, this was this was expected. I feel like um, at least some cases coming back positive, and it should not really be. You know, we mentioned it before when we, we first talked about it wasn't really surprised that it was Tampa because it's Florida. Yeah, and Florida's getting hit big yeah. right now with um, because they did not exactly do the best of jobs. Well, at least their government gets heavily criticized, and maybe that is warranted. I haven't been following it as close, but I would also imagine that, you know, I think the people of Florida, they didn't do their due diligence by wearing masks when they were, they were told to. Hell, I saw in California that they were now just making it a mandatory that when you're out in public, you have to wear a mask, and there are people saying, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Well, I mean, you're just kind of a jackass at that point if you're if you're going to go against that. Well, it's all it's all a conspiracy, Justin. And you, if you weren't aware of this, it's it's all. Fake. And Bill Gates is killing people with vaccines. Oh yeah. Oh, he's the chip's coming. <laughs> Chip is coming. Get ready. I, I you know what I, I really have to mention. I feel bad because I see this on Bleeding Green Nation when I'm moderating. I feel bad for these people that believe this stuff. It must. It, I don't think it's very fun to live life that way. To to live life constantly as if you're just. Always assuming that someone's out there to get you. Um, but what's something I wanted to bring up that we kind of mentioned before? Yes. Um, I just because I just I had to talk about it because I just thought it was ridiculous. Now it came across on the Philadelphia Flyers subreddit r flyers um, something a place where I frequent often. Um, 
especially during games. The memes, the memes during games, phenomenal. I have to check it out now more because I I, I didn't even think about the memes. They're good. Um, and then another one personal to me is obviously the Miami Dolphins subreddit. Their memes are actually better, but I think that's because the Miami Dolphins has been a, you know a worse franchise recently, so they have more time to, <laughs> to make the memes. But anyway, uh, somebody had shared this article in a joking way, uh, but it pretty much is this article. Now there's rumors that Jack Eichel wants out of Buffalo. I would too if I was Jack because uh, that situation sucks because he's a great player. The team is not great. It doesn't seem like it's going to get a lot better in the next couple of years. And, uh, and my guy wants to win, and I don't blame him. He's 22 years old. He's been playing on this team for four years, and nobody really talks about Jack Eichel because he's on a team that is going nowhere. So there's a big rumor about where is he going to go if he possibly goes, and this was an article uh, saying five places he could possibly go to, and the first one was the Philadelphia Flyers. So, you know, my ears perked up. Like a German Jack shepherd. Eichel in orange and black. Yeah, I'm, I'm all. I'm, I'm listening. You know me. I love Jack Eichel. He's your favorite player. One of them. One easily. Of them. Yeah. Probably your favorite non-Philadelphia Flyer, right? As of right now, yeah, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I love Jack Eichel. Um, so I was excited about this. I was like, you know, I know it's not. It's just speculation. But I thought, yeah, I want to look at this. Let's see where what it's talking about. So I look at it, and it has this little paragraph, and then underneath the paragraph, it has exactly what the trade was, and the paragraph is pretty much saying. Talking a lot about Shane Goss' bear, mm-hmm. which I'm not as surprised by because he's the biggest piece of trade bait that we have currently. Uh, his name is thrown around whenever any trade is mentioned at all. Shane Goss' Even so, the Flyers fans, oh, well, let's 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 go get Connor McTavish. Ch- Shane Goss' bear. Let's just give him that. Throw him in there, right? Um, he's like the 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 Zach Ertz of the Eagle of the Flyers right now. Um, as soon as someone comes in the market, boom, we'll give him up. But so I wasn't surprised by that. I'm expecting, you know, Shane Goss' bear a first. And a, you know a solid player, or maybe Shane Goss's bear two first and a depth player. Yeah, and even that that's that's still a steep price, but it's Jack Eichel, so I kind of get it. But anyway, I'm reading this article. It's only really mentioning Shane Goss's bear and and how he still has a good amount of upside just upside despite his recent flusters. Um, and then I, I scroll down. It goes Shane Goss's bear. I'm like, okay, makes sense. A first round pick from 2020. Okay, 2021 first round pick. Okay, all right, Sean Couturier. Just throwing it in just, there. Just throwing in. Like, he's just he's just baked potatoes on the side. And what was so comical was they didn't mention Sean Couturier at all in the paragraph. Now, you when you mentioned this to me, immediately you're saying it as in, like, you're treating Sean Couturier as he's just, like, like some artificial sweetener to the deal. He, he's he's like, listen, we have a spare washing machine we can also throw in. <laughs> I'm a spare the, washing machine that can play offense and defense extremely well and arguably better than most players in the league. But yeah. Now, I'm betting you that Sean Couturier was thrown in there or and not mentioned in the article because the people that were writing this article knew that if they even mentioned Sean Couturier, the Flyers fans are just going to be like, all right, well, I can exit out of this article. I'm going to read anymore. Yeah. So let's save it until the end of the trade uh, proposal. Sean Couturier is probably one of – Three or four untouchable Philadelphia mm-hmm, Flyers at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, I wouldn't even say Giroux is a surefire. I, I was just going to say I would put Sean Couturier as more untouchable than Giroux and Vorge. I think he's probably the number one untouchable. Yeah. I would say as of right now, it's Sean Couturier, uh, Travis Konechny, mm. Ivan Provorov, yeah, and I'm trying to think of someone else. I you know probably Kevin Hayes. Would you put Carter Hart in there? Oh, you know what? I didn't even think of that. I wasn't even thinking of goalies. Yeah, he's, Carter Hart's probably yeah, an untouchable. He used to be the other one. Yeah. So, if you wanted to actually make a trade for Jack Eichel, and, I mean, this is pure speculation, Ghost and two firsts would probably be a great start, but you need one more player in there to finish it off. And that was why, when I mentioned you, I was like, Frost or Farabee would probably be 
someone that if you throw in there that might get the deal done. At the I same think, time, yeah, I think that would get the deal done. But yeah, go you on. seem to be unsure that the Flyers need you know this young you know a young player like Jack Eichel. I would counter to you that if the Buffalo Sabers came to the Philadelphia Flyers and said we want Gus to spare two firsts and Jake or Gus spare two firsts and I don't know um, Nicholas Albe Cubell. I think that at this you're looking at it at a point where. These players do not become available, especially in the NHL, especially not at least mm-hmm. without some sort of restricted contract or some sort of tendered contract. So anytime a player of his caliber becomes available, it's at least worth looking into. And I'm, and I'm sure yeah. Chuck Fletcher will look into that. Ultimately, let me just say this here. Let me say this now on Friday, June 19th, 2020. Happy Emancipation Day. Jack Eichel's not coming to the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, don't get excited for that. Um, don't don't get excited for it. Again, this was all speculation, and I was more just bringing it up because the article is ridiculous. But yeah, I just think currently our situation, we have a couple of players that could potentially produce like Jack Eichel does, but there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. You know, Morgan Frost, Joel Farabee, they might reach a level. They had they had very good. promising starts to their season, yeah, and they have high upsides. Uh huh. But. Jack Eichel has an upside that has already been proven, and that's the difference. That's why he would cost so, so, so much. Trade him Sam Moran. Deal, done deal. Done deal. Cameron, it's time to switch gears. Okay. And go back in time. Yep. Time machine. 2012, when masks weren't a thing. When COVID-19, when we were probably at COVID-16 at the time in, 20, <laughs> in 2012. And the Philadelphia Flyers were going to the Stanley Cup playoffs. They were the fifth seed in yeah. the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and the other, the, my favorite part about this whole story, right, is that Pittsburgh was the favorite to win the cup this season? They were, they were. They had uh, yeah. they had a pretty good 2011 season. They got upset in the playoffs pretty early, and I think that was when the fir- the rumblings of mm, Dan Bosman, a good coach, that was when the first real rumblings began to happen. Right, because, too late, far too late, a little far too yeah. late. But people have to remember the context. And we talked about the context of the Montreal and Philadelphia series from 2010. So let me just give it down to you. As Cameron correctly pointed out, Pittsburgh was the favorite, but. If you had watched those two teams play that year, what you saw was Philadelphia, as the season went on, Philadelphia started beating up on Pittsburgh a little bit. Mm. There were two games that stuck out to my memory from that regular season. There was a game in Philadelphia that went to overtime. Scott Hartnell scored a game-winning goal with about two seconds left in overtime that gave Philadelphia a big win. And it really, I think it really kind of shook Pittsburgh. And then the famous game back in Pittsburgh on yeah, April 1st. Yeah. The, the Joe Danny, Vitale hit. The yeah. Joe Vitale hit on Danny Briere. People forget the Philadelphia Flyers had to come back from a 2-0 deficit and win that game 6-4. That, that was a big win for the Philadelphia mm. Flyers going into the playoffs. Because at that time, once they got that win, it became obvious. If we get this team in the playoffs, hey, we can beat them. They're not invincible. So, national pundits picking Pittsburgh. ESPN, whatever they cared at this point about the NHL, picking Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh media almost assuredly was picking Pittsburgh. I'm sure even some Philadelphia uh, media members. But So with that, we're going to go to Game 1 highlights. We'll talk about Game 1. Karen, if you want to hit play. Lifted along further by Crosby. Sullivan, a little back pass in front. Oh, Federer, head in! Dupuis! Could not be handled by Vitale. Pushed on back, and it's a chance around. Tying goal. Yager able to glide in. Passes back on to Hartnell. Fire 
speed, patience, break it down. Here's Matt Carl. Carl spins it in front. But they score! Jakob Voracek with just a couple of minutes gone in overtime. And Voracek completes the comeback. These comeback kids do it again. Down three goals in a first period. The Flyers come all the way back for a 4-3 overtime win. And we are back from game one. The Philadelphia Flyers with a 3-0 comeback. The one thing that was not discussed in this uh, in this game was the the timeout, the legendary second great timeout that Peter Laviolette used. Uh, Philadelphia went down early in this game. It was three nothing by the end of the first period. Then the most infamous play, probably maybe not the most infamous play in the series, but it probably should have been the off the no offside call for Danny Bria that leads yeah. to the Flyers' first goal. Now you'll have a bunch of Pittsburgh fans tell you that that they that that's what won them the game. That made it a three one. You still had a two goal lead at that point. Right. You, what's your excuse? Yeah. So I, I refuse to accept that as their excuse. Philadelphia, great comeback. Danny Bria with two goals. Uh, Braden Shen with the game tying goal in the third period, and then Jake Vorchuk, as you said it when we were watching the game. No one picked him up. Nobody. No, the OT winner, and and Justin said it too as as we were watching it that this series almost became a series of mistakes by Pittsburgh. Now, don't get me wrong, and, and like and goalies as a whole. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the first the first was the first or the second goal that Briz let in. It like went just... off, it went off the knob of his stick, and that was the thing about Breeze. He had such a horrible uh, lack of awareness that yeah. these types of goals. I mean, it happened to him against New Jersey in the next series. Mm-hmm. Happened to him plenty of times in this series. But it really did happen to Marc Andre Fleury, Cameron. And once those goals start to happen, it just it chips away at your confidence, yeah. and you just do not recover. Yeah, and then and that's what we saw. And that's what we saw. So Philadelphia gets the one zero lead in the series. It was incredibly unexpected. I think that they would even win the game, especially it was. I mean, it was three nothing after yeah. one period. Yeah. So the fact that Pittsburgh blows that lead, this is you know we talked so much. I think we talked a lot in the Montreal series about. That first game, Montreal was like, oh, okay, they're not. They're going to be a harder team to beat. Pittsburgh must have thought to themselves, what do we have to do? Because, again, we'd already had a couple comeback wins against this team. They must be thinking at this point, what do we have to do to beat these guys? Yeah. Like, how do we win? Yeah. So, game two is about to roll around. They're down 1-0, but they, they, they win the game. You'll be fine. You know, you split the home and home. You'll head back to Philadelphia with a chance to go up uh, 2-1 and maybe even 3-1 if you're Pittsburgh for Philadelphia. Golden opportunity in front of you. Oh yeah, golden two O series coming back home to Philadelphia to Philadelphia oh, against your most hated rival. Oh please. So we're gonna go to the game highlights, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about game two. A uh, great game two, if I do say so myself. I would agree with you. Crosby shoots, he scores. Just fifteen seconds in. Holds in. Now Malkin for Neal in front. Curtis scores.
And you were talking about that special teams battle with Peter Laviolette as the Flyers enter the zone. Oh, another big save by Briscoff, and then Kunin scores on the power play. 4-3 Penguins. That's the puck. Down to five seconds. Colbert shoots the flush and score! The Flyers tie it with 2.8 seconds remaining in period two. Now Kennedy with a backhand shot. He scores! Tyler Kennedy gives the Penguins a 5-4 lead. For in the playoffs, he's been excellent for them. So the Penguins have had leads of 2-0. 3-1. Now Couturier ties it at five. Sean Couturier with his second goal of the night. Ben Lovejoy is going to want a mulligan on this. Out to the right point, shot, stick save, rebound, Yager, he scores! Yarmir Yager gives the Flyers their first lead of game two. Two-on-one. Here's Giroux with Couturier. Giroux in front, score! A hat-trick for short Couturier. The Flyers lead 7-5. As Giroux puts it into the empty net sets a Flyers franchise record with his sixth point of the night. And we're back from Game 2 in the Eastern Conference quarterfinal, Philadelphia Flyers-Pittsburgh Penguins. Justin Goodhart alongside Cameron Klein. Cameron, there's so much about this game. And and we, yeah. you know, I just have to start with the first thing that I wanted to make sure I mentioned. Max Talbot as a Philadelphia Flyer, <laughs> leaving the Pittsburgh Penguins to come join the Philadelphia Flyers. Yaramir Yager, yeah. the great Penguin, mm -hmm. leaving to, well, I mean, coming back, really, to the NHL to be a Philadelphia Flyer. The Penguins, 15 seconds into the game, they're up 1-0. Take a 2-0 two, two, two lead. Flyers get a goal back. All right, it's fine. It's fine. They go up 3-1. No biggie. Flyers come back. Right. Two goals. Two shorthanded or, uh Yeah, a power play goal and then a shorthanded goal to make it 3-3. Three, three. The Penguins were like, oh, my God, what's going on? They get the goal right back. Fine. We're good. Seven yeah. seconds later, all right, it's 4-3. We're fine. Two seconds later or two seconds to go in the second period. Sean Couturier, back of the net, 4-4. Four, four. Penguins. Beginning in the third period. All right, up 5-4. Can we please put these guys away for good? 19 seconds later, Sean Couturier steals the puck, gets the, <laughs> as you said, a forehand, backhand, forehand score. It's 5-5. Five, five. It's the go-to move. And yeah. then Yager scores to make it 6-5. And then the last goal that Couturier scores to make it 7-5. Ultimately, the score is 8-5. But my goodness, how these Penguins must have felt leaving the ice after that game must have been one of just foreboding and just we are in big trouble now yeah they, they at that point it's gonna be hard to come back right because you're already down 2-0 in your while you have home ice advantage that's not fun uh you're now going to philadelphia one of the toughest areas to play in being down to nothing and it was it'd be different if they were hard-fought games that were lower scoring but i think the higher scoring was really what kind of made it even more difficult for pittsburgh to come back because like you said they kept coming and they kept thinking like okay this is going to be enough to put this team away. Okay, okay. No, no, no. Seriously, this this goal is going to be the one. No, okay. Seriously, th this is this one. This goal we just got. That's it. That's the one that we and the Flyers just kept coming. They just kept coming and coming and coming. It, it just, was it was rocky. It was rocky. Yeah. Keep getting punched oh, yeah. down and then just getting right back up. Yep. And you just like you know like Apollo Creed's like oh my god what do I got to do to put this guy down? Yeah. So Pittsburgh's down two nothing. And now like one thing that hasn't really been documented yet in this series is the chippiness because. It wasn't really shown in game one and two on the, uh, uh, you know, that we were when we were watching, but I mean, it started to act up a little bit as we saw throughout game two, and then game three comes and 
you knew that if Pittsburgh fell behind or if the same crap that was happening to them as it did in games one and two was happening to them, they might start to act out a little bit. Yeah, the frustration was mounting. Philadelphia at this point is probably feeling, you know, we have an opportunity here to just foot on the throat. We have a chance to just really drive it through to home to these guys that you're not going to beat us this time. And remember, I, I, I didn't even mention this when we were going to the context. 2008, Eastern Conference Finals. Flyers lose four games to one to Pittsburgh. 2009, Flyers lose four games to two in the Eastern Conference quarterfinal. That was a very famous game six in which the Flyers actually went up 3-0 in game six. Dan Carcillo with an ill-advised fight. With Max Talbot. With Max Talbot. Allows the Penguins kind of get some momentum back into the game, and it changed everything. Penguins going to win the Stanley Cup Finals. Who the heck knows what would have happened if there is a game seven? You can never be sure. But what I do know is this. Philadelphia was chomping at the bit to beat Pittsburgh in a playoff series, especially Sidney Crosby. The the fans wanted Crosby Mm -hmm. more than anything. Mm -hmm. They've got games one and two down, and as we head into game three, Cameron, the only thing I thought in this game was, for the love of God, do not fall behind early. The Flyers do exactly that. They fall behind early. Stall gaining the zone easily and shooting one. back at the fly guys podcast the fgp studios in the basement of or the garage of cameron klein oh, i went to the basement i'm i'm ready i'm ready to go fight these penguins right now after watching that game oh series. yeah this is one you there's go so, back you there's watch so the many brawls. players there's so many players you could talk about but the one guy we have to talk about the one person that deserves to be talked about more than anyone is james neal 
if you, okay, so you wake up in the morning, right? You don't have coffee. You need to pick me up. Watch these highlights. Oh yeah, your blood will be pumping real quick, really quick. And yeah, James Neal is. is I mean, he's the story of the game. He's right? the guy. Because one, first of all, and a lot of people don't mention this because you think about the hit on Sean Couturier, right? Um, my man just jumped on the net and dislodged it, just cause while we were in their <laughs> in their zone. Nothing was completely fine. Like uh, that was one thing that really just annoyed me. Like, are you serious, man? Are you serious? That is that really what you're gonna do? But whatever. I was like, you know, chippy play, blah blah blah. blah. Then he takes a run, and I don't care what anyone says. He took a run at an 18-year-old Sean Couturier. Now he you didn't kn- have the puck. Now you know what I what I just told you. Yeah. Now I've always believed. I thought. There's, every, let's preface this. There's no evidence. There's no we evidence no to suggest it. I, I don't even. Yeah. I think it's. I think it'd be. We're safe. just talking. I think it can be safely assumed, to be honest. But it's it's you know there's no way to know for sure. Here's what I think happened. I think Pittsburgh knew that Sean Couturier was becoming a real problem defensively for Malkin and Crosby. Because Cros- I mean, I mean, think about it. Sean Couturier was doing incredible he, things. To he them. was nicknamed the Crosby Killer after yeah. the series. Yeah. So what I think happened was Dan Bilesman and his coaching staff they went over to someone. Didn't necessarily have to. Maybe it was just Neil's line. Maybe it was James Neal himself. And what they thought, I think they told him was, go take him out. Go take out a uh, 14 on that team. And they took out a hit on a on on an 18 or 19 year old rookie who was just playing great playoff hockey. Yeah. And that is destroying the name of the game by doing that. So you can like tell me like, oh, it's unfounded. There's no evidence. I don't care. That hit was so intentional. It was so blatant that it's obvious to me a bounty or a hit was put out on Sean Couturier, and James Neal was the one that carried it out. And when the refs did whatever they could to protect James Neal, to protect Sidney Crosby from getting popped by Claude Giroux, whenever the refs acted during this series, it was always protect the Penguins. That is how the Penguins... That's what you have to understand. That's how the Penguins were treated at this time. Mm -hmm. The Flyers were seen as this rad, tad bunch, this unruly group of players that, you know... Were, were just, were, you know, their Broad Street bully days. One, no, they really weren't seen, you know, they weren't really that at that point. But also the other thing is that you had, like, John Tortorella said it best one time when talking about, like, Matt, I think he was talking about Matt Cook going after one of his players. And he says, you know, you know it's a joke. And anytime that something happens to one of their guys, they start crying like a bunch of babies over there. That's what the Pittsburgh Penguins are. Yeah. That is what they have been for the longest time. Now, that has begun to change, especially ever since they got the two Stanley Cups in a row. They have not really been that. If anything, they've just been the tougher team. They've got some Patrick Hornquist now. I I have grown to respect them more. But at this point in time, any Penguins fan, if you can't admit your team for what it was, a bunch of sore-ass babies that went after other players for no reason, cried for help the minute that something happened to you, you know what? Then you have no idea of what the game of hockey is. Because at that point, the Penguins weren't playing hockey. They were playing, let's go injure people. Matt Cook does it. Um, James Neal did it. Crosby was doing it. Craig Adams was doing it. Everyone was doing it to the Flyers. And all along, what's happening? They're getting their asses kicked by the Philadelphia Flyers. Here's the thing, too. Like, even if you can't prove, even if there was no formal hit, even if nobody went up to James Neal and said, take him out, yeah. he knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. He, 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 I mean, watch the play. Watch the play in real time. Watch it in slow motion. It doesn't matter. Sean Couturier does not have the puck. Sean Couturier is looking at the puck. You can clearly see he has nowhere near in possession. It must be 15 feet away from him. Easily. And and James Neal leaves his feet. Watch the replay. I don't care. I have receipts. Watch the replay. I have receipts. <laughs> leaves his feet. 
and hits Jean Couturier, lights him up. And then in that same shift, when they don't take him off of the ice for whatever reason, he then takes a run at Claude Giroux and tries to cross-check him in the back of the head. And Giroux was a little woozy as he got up. And thank God we didn't lose Giroux for what's to come later in the series. But at that point, James Neal is just doing it to be a jackass. He's, he's just trying to hurt people and at that point. Your, and in your defense, to, to go off of your point too, is that at this time, this organization was not was known for doing this type, these types of things. Matt Cook is the biggest one. Matt Cook, to me, is one of the most despicable hockey players ever played the game. He he did not have a, much of an upside. His upside was hurting people. He's, he That's the, all he did. He was there, Sean Avery. And one of my favorite one of my favorite videos to watch is a Vander Kane sleep. Oh my god, putting him to sleep. That was just <sighs> that was just he. I mean, yeah. one punch, and then you see Cook's head. It, hit the ice the way that it does. And you know what? I never like to see players' heads hit the ice. Matt Cook I make a special exception for. And and to and to, to bring it back to this series, right? To bring it back to this yeah, game. Yeah, we're actually talking about a series and a game. Yeah, because right we, well, we go off because, again, it just leads off. It just snowballs because this game is just, to me, a, a perfect example of overall years of why there's so much hate in Philadelphia for this team. Oh, yeah. And... And, and, and in this game, there's a prime example of it. During the second brawl, when they decide to send James Neal into the penalty box for two minutes across the ice where there's a bunch of, you know, shark-like flyer players ready to beat the crap out of him, they decide, yeah, this is a good idea. Let's send him across the ice. So they send him across the ice. Wayne Simmons, you know, weirdly walks up to him and goes, I, I want to fight you. And so a little mini brawl starts happening. Sidney Crosby grabs Scott Hartnell from behind. Why? No reason to. Now, granted, maybe Scott Harden, maybe there's a little bit of a brawl happening. Maybe there's a little bit of a scuffle. And maybe Sidney Crosby wanted to, to stop Scott Harden before he jumped on somebody else's back, and that's completely fine. But he grabs Scott Harden from behind. Hartnell tries to get out of it because he doesn't know what the hell is happening. Somebody's grabbing him from behind. And as he starts to try to push him away, Craig Adams comes over, and, and starts- both him and Crosby start punching Hartnell in the back of the head. So much crap happened in that series that... We we literally missed that, so that's pretty despicable. But you know, whatever. Moving on. Let's go to game four. Uh, Flyers up three zero. They're looking to close out the series. Spoiler alert: They're not going to. This is this is a tough one. This is uh, we're not going to spend too much time on this one. But yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's go to game four. What an interesting game that one was. On Engelin, and Engelin able to pop it back along. Five to three, the pink. 
with their second power play goal. Cleared along and back in for Kennedy. Kennedy holding in a shot by Stahl. He scores! Stahl! And it's six to three. Racing ahead, Sullivan in a shot. He scores! Sullivan! And it is seven to three. Burn moves in, shoved off by Malkin. Puck taken by Kunitz in front. Score! What a beat in front for Dupuis. And now it is the Penguins who have scored eight goals. They're two on one. Stahl looking for the hat trick. Has 10 gradient shoots. He scores! 3 Kunitz shot save, rebound, score by Malkin. And that makes double digits. Welcome back to the Fly Guys podcast. Justin Goodhart alongside Cameron Klein. Cameron, watching uh, Game 4, which always fun to watch. That's always the one game that I think every Philadelphia fan would like to forget from that series. That's the game. That, that doesn't it's got the, it's the one I forget, right? Like, I remember... <laughs> the series ended for me after Game 3. I see 10-3. to 3, I always think to myself, like, wow, we beat them 10-3? to Because like, <laughs> I just blocked that game out. It's just in the back of my memory somewhere blocked out with all the other traumatic it, it, memories. It does bring to question... The worst, the worst playoff games I've ever seen in Flyers history. Uh, Pittsburgh owns two of them, the ones that I've seen. Uh, 7 nothing in, t- in the 2017-2018 playoffs mm. game one. Game three versus Washington. That was a that one was just embarrassing on a different level. Full for the fans, yeah. yeah. And um, obviously this one, 10-3 loss in game four. Philadelphia actually led the game 3-2 to two in the first period. Which makes it worse. Yeah. And then the Penguins scored 800. Like, there's really nothing to say about a 10-3 to three game. It's... Penguins just, they just, I mean, it wasn't, there was no, it was not, it was not a smothering. It was not a, it was not a beating. It was just a downright assault. Yeah. It was, it really, you know, really there's was. This, there's this great <laughs> tweet. You remember when Miles Garrett flung his helmet at Mason? Yes. Okay. Who and could forget? Who could forget that play? Helmet game. And then <laughs> Adam Schefter in mm. one tweet puts out one, the, the tweet after it happens, just one word. Assault. <laughs> just like that's so funny, and that's what happened. With, that was that game. It was just assault. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun day. The next, I remember the next morning after the Miles Garrett thing, I was working oh, in a van at Chickies and Pete's. Every TV, all day. I and they, they none of them had audio, so I kept hearing just like the like bunk noise over and over again in my head when it kept connecting. I know that we're not supposed to be talking about football because we're talking about the Flyers series, but I I mean, that was like, I think that was the first time. I had seen it before done in the longest yard, not yeah. on a college or yeah. NFL stage. Miles, what And even, even then, if, if I'm in a writer's room, right, and somebody comes in, and I got this idea for this scene, this guy rips off the other guy's helmet and cracks him over the head with it, I'll be like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Just shut up. That's ridiculous. Get out. You're fired. Damn it, Miles. Idiot. Ugh. So uh, Flyers lose ten to three. They're still up three to one. But I think trying to go back, like I just remembered, like yeah, I want to move past that game about as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Game five comes now again. Philadelphia fans know a little something about comebacks. <laughs> so in their yes. mind, they would just love. All right, let's just win game five, move on into the next round. Right. This was the most frustrating game of the series for Flyers fans. Again, there's only two to pick from in which you're going to be frustrated with. This was one I thought the Flyers should have won. This was also probably the best that both goaltenders had played in the series. Yeah, yeah. Look uh, at I mean, you look at the score, 3-2. 3-2, that's, that, that's they an They finally almost, showed up. That's an almost hockey score. Yeah, yeah. 
as opposed to 10-3-8-4-8-5. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to hop right into game five. Flyers are going to lose this one 3-2. to two, Then the Penguins are going to claw a little bit closer, and let's see how it happened. Up the left side for Matt Reed, who led all rookies in scoring during the regular season. And the Flyers take a 1-0 lead on the wrist shot from the right circle off the stick of Matt Carl. Down low to Briere. Cross ice pass. Score! Another power play goal. It's Scott Hartnell. 2 to 1 Philadelphia. Hartnell's first goal in the series. He was a power play scoring machine for the Flyers this race. Score to the first period. All three on the power play. Now an opportunity for Stahl. He scores! Jordan Stahl ties the game at two. Matt Cook with the puck. Out to the right circle, Kennedy has lead, he scores! Tyler Kennedy gives the Penguins their first lead of Game 5. Back here for Fly Guys Podcast. This podcast brought to you by Adam Schefter's Assault Tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Assault, how about what Brooks Orpik was doing in the middle of that third period, just holding a flyer down, no penalty being called, holding, hold him. Push him into flurry. He held him before they were on the ice, pushes him into flurry, they both go down the ice. And then Orpik is still, he's standing. And then he gets on top of... I can't see who it is, but he gets on top of him. And it was just, Hardnell or Vorchak. And he's just, just laying on them. And he's just no like, okay, penalty. man, come on. Granted, at that time, it you know, game was kind of already over. And, well, you know, looking back, it was. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. It was over. Yeah. Little did we know. Little did we know, yeah. The Flyers losing 3-2. to two, It was the best that Marc-Andre Fleury had certainly looked. It was probably one of the better games that Ilya Brzezgalov had. The, the, the scenario I like to imagine is that, like, the teams took the plane to get to where they needed to go and in terms of this series and the goalies took the bus and they, the bus <laughs> finally came right in game five the bus is finally here all right we're here we could do it i mean because there were some great saves in there by Ilya brisgal but there were some fantastic saves yeah. at point blank from mark andre flurry I, 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 re-watching the highlights i mean he he kind of saved the game for them yeah oh yeah fire's really done i forgot i had to you know watching this game i i was reminded that third period, the Flyers pretty much dominated Pittsburgh, but they just could not solve Mark yeah. Andre Fleury. And I think that's one of the big reasons too why why they were the favorite going into the series. If they played every game like that, yeah, yeah, they probably they might win the series. Yeah, Mark Andre Fleury at that point in time was probably a he was. I don't remember quite how he was seen at that point. I think he was seen as a good goalie, not to the level that he is seen today as a as a three time Stanley Cup champion. Although two of them are courtesy of one Matt Murray. And a probable Hall of Fame goalie. At the time, he was probably just seen as one of the a goal you'd want to build your ones, yeah. yeah a goal yeah. you'd want to build your franchise around. Yeah, and the yeah. Flyers had shelled out big bucks that summer for Ilya Brzezgalov because they were trying to solve their goalie issue that they have had out. since Ron Hextall. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul Hungren, and your masterful ways of doing things. Thanks for trading Jeff Carter, though. He screwed up Game Six. That was, yeah, that was a good one. It was a good move. It was great because actually going back, they traded Jeff Carter first. And I was like, yeah, they traded Jeff Carter. And 20 minutes later, it was Mike Richards. Like, no, we traded Mike Richards. <laughs> um, but no, so like game five was just, that was a, another, that was a tough one. That was one yeah. that I thought the Flyers should have and, won. Well, let me jump in real quick just to, to mention jump Jeff in, Carter. Jump in, Cameron. Um, you know, you might be groaning. Just, it just is, it's expected, okay? You're going to hear one of three things during every Flyers pod, Fly Guys podcast, okay? You're going to hear about the Boston series. You're going to hear about Jeff Carter. 
and you're probably going to hear about the 2012 Penguin series, right? One of those is going to be mentioned at some point. We can't so keep talking about 74 and 75 people. We have to hang our hats on other things. <laughs> we're, uh, we're closing it down. It is time for Game 6, the beloved Game 6. Just there, 32 seconds in. Just 32 seconds in. Let's close it down with 32 seconds in. Here in this building, start things off as the puck is deflected near the Pittsburgh bet, and Crosby is knocked to the ice with a hard hit as Dupuis back. And now Yager trying to play it ahead, but it's knocked away. Picked up here, though, by Giroux. Shot, Towards Giroux, take him away, make somebody else beat you. Warcheck, team in it. Warcheck again quickly to Giroux, one timer! Oh, it's just getting across the board! Oh, it was on the way! So much if there isn't at least one guy back for Pittsburgh, the Philadelphia top line is really toying with them in the offensive zone. Score! Against Crosby, Crosby tried to beat him. Malkin wait, shoots, scores! Evgeny Malkin puts it through for his gallop. And the Pittsburgh Penguins, Brian, get more than momentum on the power play, they get on the scoreboard. Borchek kicks it deep. Briere with a shot save. Rebound right to the goal line. The Flyers are celebrating, and the official, the officials are talking. They're going to take a look at this one again. The Flyers just turning momentum around, get it into the paint from the bad angle. Now there's the off rebound the off the leg, and then oh yeah, it, it definitely goes oh, over the yeah. line. We'll let the crowd take it the rest of the way. And we're back here for the Fly Guys podcast. Justin Goodart and Cameron Klein right across from me. And there it is. Game six finishing up. The Flyers winning 5-1, to one, ending the Pittsburgh Penguins, moving on to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Cameron, this was the game. You said it best, I think. Claude Giroux marking his, making his statement. This is my team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, I mean, there's a lot of speculation about who was going to be the captain moving forward with Pronger being injured, and, and there was no foreseeable future he wasn't going to be coming back. Um, before the foreseeable future, he wasn't going to be coming back. So there was a lot of debate, and I remember it was pretty much between him and Danny Briere. Because Briere had also been the captain for the Buffalo right. Sabres, and at that point, Briere was probably one of the most respected guys in the oh, locker yeah. room. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we were just talking about him as well, saying how he was one of the guys who— he, he wasn't the highest scorer on the team. He, he wasn't the, the flashiest highlight player on the team, but he was the guy who— if you needed things to get moving, he was the guy to get it done. You put it best, he would be the guy that would get the goal that would that would spark the comeback. He wouldn't get the game winning goal, but he would be the guy who would usually shift the momentum. Yep. Um and, and he, Game one of this series was a great example yeah, of that. Yeah, and he he's one of my favorite players of all time. And I was I was actually disappointed at the time that he didn't get the captaincy because I would I wanted to buy a Danny Briere. I captain feel the jersey. same way. I wanted him to be the captain, <laughs> but Flyers made the right call. They yes. go to Claude Giroux. Yeah. And I mean the rest is really history because Giroux, I mean, he just he took over this series and he showed such a leadership that I think Peter Laviolette respected. I think Ed Snyder really respected. I think that Paul Hungren really respected. And the players themselves really yeah. respected. Giroux Danny Briere himself, I remember at the time in an interview was when when it came out that he was going to be the captain, 
some people were saying, oh, why isn't Danny Briere? I remember he came out in an interview and, and pretty much said, this is this is a closed team. It's like, if you're in that locker room, this is this is his team. So with that comes to a conclusion of the 2012 Eastern Conference quarterfinal Philadelphia Flyers taking out the Pittsburgh Penguins in six games. And well, hopefully... Well, series, that's fun. And, and yeah, and hopefully we, we see We can beat again. them again. We'll get to see them and beat them again. For the Fly Guys podcast, my name is Justin Goodhart. This has been Cameron Klein as well. We will see you guys next week. Eric Reese from Philadelphia Sports Network will be joining us. Excited to have him then. And we'll be sure to talk about plenty about the playoffs and more. But until then, be happy, be healthy, stay safe. And as always, let's go Flyers.